Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Now it's time for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. I'm joined by Laith Kalef, who's Head of Investment Analysis at AJ Bell. We're going to look at the world of investment from a UK perspective. Where are we going to begin? There are so many things we could be talking about. Yeah, so I mean, the big big news of this week is 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 the inflation numbers, really. So that's probably as good a place as any to, to get into it. Um, so um, C- the CPI index, which is the main measure of inflation in the UK, um, came in at 5.5% in January. Um, and that's actually the highest level um, that's, that's been registered for that index since 1992. Um, so pretty significant rise. And uh, I think probably, you know, the concern around markets is that's not the end of it either. Um, actually, um, you know, the, the Bank of England is forecasting, you know, that we're going to hit over over 7% later on in the spring, probably in April. And let's face it, the Bank of England has sort of under-egged inflation for quite some time yeah. now. So we don't know that that's, that's necessarily um, going to be, um, you know, go, go, going, to, going to come to fruition. So um, it's, it's clearly a very kind of tough time in terms of consumers and cash savers, of course. I guess the big question is, how long is this going to last? Um, I guess if it's kind of a bit of a flash in the pan up and down, it's not it's not as damaging as as if kind of this sticks around for for a couple of years um in which case it can be pretty ruinous to to kind of cash in the bank and lots lots of different asset classes as mm. well so i guess that's kind of the, the the big question is is kind of how how long are we actually going to have this yes. elevated inflation how course, any, come back yeah and anybody who can sort of remember the last bite of inflation of course won't may not be thinking in terms of the CPI, which, as you say, is now the accepted measure of inflation, but RPI, which has always felt to be more indicative of what people actually experience, and that's now up to 7.8%. Um, yeah. You know, we're not that far away from double-digit inflation by that measure, and I know it's not an official statistic anymore, but I always look at it. It seems to me perhaps rather more reflective. Um, how... How likely then do you think that it is both the Fed and the Bank of England have said all the way along this thing is transitory? How right do you think they are going to be, or do we simply not well, know at this stage? I mean, it dep- it, I suppose it depends what your definition of transitory is. I, I certainly think that the initial expectations of what transitory meant, I think we're, we're kind of beyond those. Mm. Interestingly, if you look at the latest Bank of England inflation report, um, they're expecting 5% inflation over the next year. So from now, Hitting, hitting kind of February, March next year, we're going to get numbers of 5%, which is still significantly above the 2% target. But what's quite interesting is that the Bank of England then sees that the following year, inflation falling back to 2% and possibly even below that. I think, to be honest with you, all of it is, this is a little bit pie in the sky because one of the big reasons that we've had for inflation is, of course, energy prices, which are unbelievably volatile and unpredictable. 
Um, so, you know, with the best will in the world, even if you've got the best bean counters on, on the case, um, it's likely that your forecasts are, are probably going to be um, are, are probably going to show to be pretty wayward if, if mm. you've got such a big factor as energy costs feeding into it. So um, I guess the answer to that is, is who knows, but it looks like, you know, inflation is here and here to stay for the foreseeable future. And I guess the risk to markets and assets generally is that this gets embedded in people's expectations and then it sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And everybody expects inflation, yes. so they want higher wages and they yes. want to buy stuff now. And it actually kind of becomes embedded yeah, yeah. in the system. Um, I mean, unlike the, the Fed, the Bank of England doesn't have a dual mandate. It's only got a single mandate. Um, and perhaps surprising, not one that's bothered it for the last few years, but they are tasked with keeping inflation at 2%. Um, I mean, the Bank of England Museum has this, I don't know if it's still there, but this really weird thing where you're supposed to be piling at a hot air balloon. You're trying to keep it within the one percentage point of 2% all the time, and it points out just how hard it is to do. But uh, uh, while I may not be a great maths wizard, I know that 5% is more than one percentage point away from 2%. But it's really difficult, isn't it? Because the Bank of England cannot affect the sort of problems that have caused inflation or the majority of inflation. Clearly, as many people have warned for some considerable time, QE has probably had some effect on what's been going on. But it, certainly the Bank of England's increasing interest rates won't have much effect on oil and gas prices. Yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely the case. And um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned QE there because, you know, there are some people who think that what we're seeing now is actually really just the delayed response of quantitative easing that it's finally kind of hit, hitting through and and that if that if that proves to be the case then that is worrying because that's you know that that kind of cat is already out of the bag all that money's out in the system mm. and yes they can draw it back in but there's so much out there that if we are now just seeing that the, the effects mm. of all that quantitative easing feeding through into inflation, then that then that that's pretty worrying. I forgot picture. what we're up to. Is this like eight hundred and seventy-five billion? It started off. What was the first tranche? Fifteen. I can't can't quite remember. It was Ooh, considered massive yeah, at the time. Like, yeah, I thought it was fifty, but I'm not going to split. Oh, it might, know, it might be it might thirty-five be 50. billion between friends. What's the yeah yeah? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the trouble. Yes, pretty yeah. soon it pretty soon it adds yeah. up to a, a really big number. It was a lot uh, less than it is now, anyway. Yeah. Yeah right. yeah. Quite extraordinary. Yes, I can remember the first time. Anyway, let's take a brief. Um, uh, break, then we shall look at, uh, at bonds, um, both big and small. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. I'm talking to Leith Califf, Head of Investment Analysis at AJ Bell. Um, Leith, a while ago, we talked about NSNI bringing out a, a green um, savings bond. Let's talk about that a, a little bit and about bonds in general, because well, one of the sort of truisms is that basically, you know, um, rampant inflation is not great for bond prices and particularly not good for a government that's actually got to pay interest on them. Very much so. Um, so, I mean, we're starting with the NSA, NSNI bond, which is called a bond, but I mean, it's a savings account, basically. Yeah. 
Um, so it's a fairly innovative product product because it um, basically allows people to put their money into a savings account that's backed by the government and then goes into green projects. So, <coughs> you know, and it is probably wants... hypothecated, is it? I mean, you know, we often pay taxes told it's going they're going somewhere, but you never quite know that. Yes, do. It, it, it is. So, yes, they're not just putting it into the general pool of taxation. This right. money actually definitely does right. go. I mean, Good. there's a question about if they didn't have this, they could still get the money from elsewhere, of course. But I guess as a saver. It probably gives you kind of you know that 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 feeling that yes my money is doing something good for me um so i mean what what's interesting about this i, I do think it's an innovative product it's, in, it's a product that's useful for savers who want money in, in kind of you know a, a cash bank account that kind of gives them um you know that that green edge to it um but it's just come at the wrong time um it's a three-year savings product so you lock in for three years now, do you want to lock in for three years when interest rates are rising? I'm not sure I'd want to lock in for three months. I'd, I'd quite well, like to log. I'd quite like to log into to energy prices for three years, that's as right, they yeah. were a few months ago. Yeah, correct. Yeah, or, or mortgage rates, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, but, but probably not savings rates. So, and this this is this has been shown up by by what's happened with this savings bond because actually it was launched back in October last year, and the first tranche of it, the interest rates was 0.35. Sorry, 0.65 percent. Mm. It's now point, you know, one point three percent. So if you are one of the people who locked in three months ago, you're probably looking at this and thinking, well, I shouldn't really have done that. I should have waited, and, yes. and that's probably still the case today. Yes, it's extraordinary. But so one of the things about inflation isn't people will want to wait to invest money, but they'll want to spend on items, goods as soon as possible because they don't want the price of those going up, but they feel that investments the rates will go up um and what does that generally then mean for for markets i mean much much as most private investors are probably more interested in equities than they are in in bonds and fixed interest um vehicles of all kind the two things are related um and what happens in the bond market does affect equities hugely yeah because i mean the bond market is essentially the government bond market especially the us but here in the uk as well basically determines the risk-free rate. And that's a really important rate for mark for all markets because that basically tells me what's the return that I can get mm. on my money without taking any risk. And that obviously sheds a light on how much you should expect if you are taking risks. Like yes. if I can take get 4% without taking any risk, then 5% with taking some risk doesn't look so good. But if yes. I can only yeah, get, yeah. you know, at the moment, um, you know, the 10-year 10 10-year 10 bond is is yielding about 1.6% in the UK, then actually, you know, a return of 5% looks extremely attractive. So it does it does have a bearing. And and we've seen a very big increase in in those bond yields in 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 the last few months, particularly. Um now back up to 1.6% on the on the on the 10-year gilt. That's higher than it was pre-pandemic. It's still historically very low. If you go back to before the kind of global financial crisis in the noughties, we were looking at kind of bond deals of the region of four, five, six percent on the ten-year. So it's still significantly below that, and I guess that in itself is is a worry because it means that if you know I'm not saying this is going to happen quickly, but if we do at some point get back to some sort of normal monetary policy um, and some sort of normal mm. yield on 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 bonds, then actually there's 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 potentially a long way for yields to climb, and that that has an impact on bond prices and that's very negative for bond prices but also potentially equity markets as well because of that kind of risk dynamic that um, mm. that I explained earlier okay 
Late, thank you very much indeed. There's plenty for investors to mull over. Have times ever been quite as uncertain as this? I'm sure they have, but it's certainly a very difficult environment in which to invest. But my thanks to Alaith Caliph, Head of Investment Analysis at AJ Bell. That's been um, the financial outlook for personal investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.